0: You're listening to The Money Pot, a channel brought to you by the Nottingham Building Society that provides information on the world of finances, from savings accounts to mortgages and money-saving ideas. We'll also have discussions about planning a better future and fraud awareness, plus top tips from bloggers who talk about their home buying and financial experiences, interior inspiration, and much more. My name's Sam. And
1: I'm Ross, and together, we'll be chatting to industry experts who'll give you information to become a financial master. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Money Pot. Now, Sam, I hope you are good and I have two questions for you straight off the bat, which is about today's episode. Okay, hit me with them. The first one is what sport do you think of when I say England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, France and Italy? would have to be, Ross, the
0: rugby, I'd say.
1: (laughs) That was a bit easy, yeah. And those are the countries that play in the Six Nations tournament.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure those countries play in different sports as well. But, you know, when you hear those names, you're thinking rugby. Definitely. And the next question
1: is Mm -hmm. probably even easier. Okay. What club do you think of if I say the names George
0: Ford, Dan Cole and Ben Youngs? These are really easy questions, Ross. I'd have to say... The Leicester Tigers. Definitely, and that is what today's episode is about. Ding, 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 ding. And the Nottingham are proud to be the official building society of Leicester Tigers. And we caught up with Andrea Pynchon, who talks about her transition into her current role as CEO, what the current team morale is like, her excitement for fans being allowed back into the Welford Road Stadium, and she also answers a few fan questions too. Brilliant, let's get into it. All right. Hi, Andrea. Thank you for being on today's episode. We know that you're the CEO at Leicester Tigers, but please, could you tell us about yourself, your career which led you to where you are now and a bit more information about your current role within Leicester Tigers.
2: Crikey, where do I start with all of that? So (laughs) my current role, Leicester Tigers CEO, relatively new CEO. I was promoted in May of last year. But prior to that, I've been at the club for about 16 years. Worked my way through. My initial role was grabbing the ticket office and creating a proactive environment rather than a reactive environment, making sure we're maximising everything that we're doing. That was back in 2000. 2004 I think and from there I worked my way through the ranks got appointed to the board in 2013 as commercial director and then became chief operating officer and then right in the middle of a pandemic with no rugby being played and everything falling apart around our ears I got promoted to be CEO. (laughs)
1: It's great to hear that the Tigers are hiring within their own.
2: Yeah, it's really good, you know, because I think from the get go, when I was certainly our chairman, Peter Tom, and, you know, everybody within the ranks, if you do a good job and you want to progress, they really recognise that and see that in people and reward from within and, you know, give people the opportunity to try new things. So, yeah, it's been a great career for me and long may it continue.
1: And how did you find that transition from your previous role to the CEO?
2: It's an interesting one because with it being May, obviously we were all in lockdown. So I'm having to sort of announce what's been happening, announce certain changes. It was right in the thick of when we were also unfortunately having to go through a whole club-wide redundancy process. So it was, people knew me, of course, after that number of years working in the club, but people knew me more on the commercial side and working at Welford Road where the offices are. And then our training ground, Oval Park, people knew me there. But I wasn't based there So it was a bit like Just seeing everybody On a video screen Saying hey I'm the new boss This is what it's all about Unfortunately we're not Playing any games Unfortunately we're going Through a redundancy process But we'll you know Be as open and as honest With you as we can through it And I think it was just about That communication piece And keeping people fully informed All the way through I think that's key To anything isn't it That it may not be A message you particularly Want to hear Or you want to give But if you're aware Of the reasons why and what's happening then you can deal with it.
0: And Andrea you mentioned that you've been at Tigers for for quite a while now have you always been a rugby fan was it an area you wanted to get into before that?
2: No and no so I was always a rugby fan on the periphery because coming from Leicestershire it doesn't go unnoticed that you have this fantastic rugby team on your doorstep so there was always that but I prior to this I worked in Dubai for 11 years with Emirates Airline and various roles within that, doing leadership training and also aviation security training. And when I came back from there after an 11-year stint, it was like, what am I going to do? I can't do a normal nine to five job. You know, my life has been anything but a normal nine to five job. So the opportunity to work at Tigers came up and I think it took them some convincing to actually interview me because they're kind of like, what does this woman that's been dealing with state security in Dubai police talking about hijacks and bomb Threats, etc., etc. What can she bring to a rugby club? But they saw me, and I convinced them in the end. So,
0: so from there, from working with Tigers, your fandom of rugby has kind of built and built. Would you say?
2: Yeah, you know, I remember right back in the days, being in the ticket office, and just before kickoff, the ticket office was always crazy, manic, busy, which was a great place to work. But just before kickoff, about five minutes, I'd lock it all down and make all the staff go and stand outside in the seating deck so they could see. And at that time, we were about a capacity of and a half thousand so it was have a look at every single space that's filled all the terrace all the seats and you've spoken to every one of these people this is people's passions being brought to life at the weekend and really wanted to make those guys aware of what their Monday to Friday work was and what it was achieving and you become very much embroiled in it and you know the players are your workmates your teammates and therefore you want them to do well like you would somebody that sits next to you answering the phones in the ticket office you know it all becomes very close so yeah absolute crazy fan not able to sit through a nerve-wracking game without pacing or biting (laughs) nails and screaming and shouting like everybody else.
1: Fantastic. In a previous episode we spoke to Sophie Cliff who is a life coach uh, about the importance of matching your personal values with your job how important do you think that is?
2: I think you do a better job if you do that can you do a job and be successful without that potentially but I I don't think you are then yourself. And I think where businesses are successful is when you employ people, give them the ability to be themselves and really bring all those values, the differing values, because people will have, you know, we talk about this a lot about cognitive diversity. If you ask somebody of the same background, the same upbringing, you know, if you ask 10 people the same question, all of the same upbringing, you're going to get the same answer. You don't want the same answer. You want loads of different answers so that you can push your business on. So I do think that aligning your values allows you to do that because you can be yourself, other people can be themselves, and I think they bring a lot more to the business that way.
0: And Andrea, starting your new role as you did in the middle of a pandemic, are there any particular challenges you faced in that new position during lockdown and how did you overcome them?
2: I think like all of us, you know, none of us are born knowing the the right thing to do in any certain situation, are they? Especially when something this unique comes and hits us all. So you have to adapt. I think one of the first things that I had to deal with certainly was because all of the income at the club stopped almost overnight when the games were seized, you then have to address everything, every part of your business. And you need to make sure that you're still engaging the fans and keeping them with you, even though they've got nothing to come to or nothing to see and be part of. So that was one element of how do we do that? How do we, when people can't come to the ground and we have no rugby, what can we do to keep that engagement and the other thing I mean huge thing across the club was of course the redundancy process which is not nice for anybody to go through whether you're giving the news especially if you're receiving it but also there was a 25% salary reduction made throughout the club at the time because we had to address our finances in the immediacy and trying to give that information to players to staff over zoom calls over video messages where you can't do in person that you want to go and talk to people in person and you can't, I think that was probably the most challenging part of
1: it the Leicester tigers have taken on some great sponsorship deals this season which is great considering the current climate that we find ourselves in yeah how have you found the sponsorship process to be retaining existing partnerships and creating new ones do
2: you know we've been it's a cliche but i genuinely don't say this lightly that we've been so humbled with the amount of support we've had from our partners so you know working with david and the team from nottingham building society you know talking to yourselves when maisie and the, and katie talking to your teams almost on a a daily basis for you to say to us we'll work with you through this we'll support you through this and we're saying great you know I can't tell you how much that means to us especially not only financially but also the moral support you know the support that I've personally had from David Marlowe as well anything you want to run by me anything that you want to ask any help I can give you all of that support really does show you that sponsorships are just that they're just somebody that signed a contract and you don't actually have that relationship. It's a genuine partnership that we have with Nottingham Building Society. And we've felt it none more so than during this particular time. As I say, both personally and and professionally helping me, but also helping the club and keeping us going. And we've had to look at at ways, you know, our activations team is like, if we can't bring you to a game and entertain you or you entertain your clients, what can we do for you? How else can we help you if we can't go into schools because schools are closed to run a tag programme? Then what else can we do to engage children, to help parents that are homeschooling because they need help, you know, and, and distractions for the kids? So it's opened a whole load of different avenues for us to explore. But the support has been immense. And I couldn't thank you and the guys at Nottingham Building Society and the rest of our partners enough.
0: Well, that's great. And I'm really glad our partnership is continuing and working as well yeah. through all of this. Now, thankfully, Tigers are currently able to play games at your home grounds. But you mentioned before the atmosphere in the stands, um, you know, and, and embracing that. And I can't tell you how tempted I was to say that that sounded really infectious the passion of people, but I shouldn't really be saying that. But. <laughs>
2: There's a vaccine for that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that feeling of having the fans there, now that you aren't able to have fans in the ground, what impact has that had on the club as a whole and also the squad?
2: In many ways. Obviously, there's the, the huge financial impact that we've touched on, and that's massive for us. But it's more than that. So our new head coach, who's been in situ, what, seven months or so now? So he has not led his team out at his home ground in front of any supporters. And it's unbelievable to... To think that that he's not actually experienced that I mean he has in his previous days played against us for teams so he knows what you know Mattioli Woods Welford Road is like and he knows what it's like to run out there but not to be on the home side and where the changing rooms are they are underneath a wooden stand which you know you certainly won't get away with in some sports but we managed to have and all the guys that have been there for a number of years say when it's getting close to kick-off the build-up and the fans that actually stamp their feet and the noise just gets louder and louder. And there's a whole host, including our head coach of players that haven't experienced any of that. And that's unbelievable. It's going to be interesting when they do for the first time. It's going to take some getting used to. But I think the overarching feeling is one of being quite sad because we want our fans in there. That's what it's all about. You know, like you say, the passion and and everything that they bring. And There's no doubt it does lift the team
0: for sure. And have the fans been able to find ways to to show obviously not in the same way but show that passion and support via social media or other means has the fan support been coming through regardless
2: yeah exactly like we were saying you know about our partners the the support and the fact that the fans are saying we'll stick with you you know this is crazy time for all of us now you know some people have left their money in with us and that's been great other people haven't been in the situation to do that but have supported us in other ways and that's equally appreciated you know the passion that through social media as you say on a match day We're saying right, Send us your pictures in Because we're all Going to be screaming At the TV All at the same time Either cheering or, or otherwise So send us those images in Let's have a look Let's share them With the players as well So that they can Start to get a feel Certainly the new ones For what we are all about As a club
1: Lack like of fans Doesn't seem to have Affected the team too much Because you've got off To a really good start Haven't you Two wins out two.
2: You know we're building We are You can't get away From the fact That you finish You know Nigh on bottom of the table The last two seasons that we've got a lot of work to do and we've got a lot of work both on and off the field to do to get us into a position where we can compete and then we can consistently compete and win and drive on. So that's our goal. You know, we're very clear in what we're trying to achieve and the length of time that we want to achieve that over. It's not going to happen overnight. You know, people say you've got this great big tanker and you're trying to turn it around. It doesn't just happen overnight. But, you know, there are, I think, for everybody to see real clear signs of what we're working on clear signs of the intent and that all those pieces will um come together enable us to to just keep driving on every week
1: Mm. do you have any idea when the stadium will reopen um, if it will be a phased return? Obviously, it depends on lockdowns and restrictions.
2: Yeah, we've not been told anything, you know, and we're not really given a lot more information than the general public are, or certainly much sooner. So my best guess is it will be a phased return. We're hoping that that will be towards the end of this season. And, you know, I know the government have said recently, haven't they, once the over 50s are vaccinated, then things will start to open up. So roll on that. with hoping hoping against hope that we will get our supporters back where they belong before this season's out definitely
0: and with the team able to still train together at Oval Park do you have a sense of what the team morale is like with all of these changes and restrictions and uncertainties
2: yeah the guys have been really good because there's new and different ways of learning we've had to close the training ground twice during not just through lockdown but because of outbreaks of Covid within the camp that we've wanted to be protected we've had to forfeit games we've had games forfeited by the opposition and that's tough because you know the guys are being trained to gear up to get to the point where they're unleashed at the weekend and they're at that point to go and you know I think disappointment for all of us both internally and externally was that the game against our local uh, friends and uh, rivals Northampton Saints was unfortunately cancelled and the guys and I'm sure Saints were as well really geared up for that and so what do you do with that energy and that suits you? got to have a release and when you're then sort of closing the training ground and saying to the guys you've got to train at home you know you've got your props like Dan Cole who are pushing cars up hills to try and get some kind of resistance training and scrummaging training so they've had to adapt but they've been pretty amazing actually how they've done that and also players leaving players coming in and how they've welcomed players in and even without games really bedded that team spirit in it and they've been very impressed.
1: Do you have many squad members representing the countries of the Six Nations? Because that started at the start of February.
2: Yes, yeah, so and we've got three of our guys away with England. That's impacted us, but actually what it does do is give other players the opportunity to shine and to come in, step up and say, right, look, I'm putting my hand up here. Look what I can do. Look what I can bring to the team. And, you know, we've got that strength in depth to do that. It's great because you want to support your teammates whilst they are playing for their country. But at the same time, you know, you need to be able to To push on So that when they come back It's almost like They're vying for their position Because the guys That have filled them Have done so well In their absence
1: So unlike football Is there not a International break?
2: No It's always a Discussion point And a bone of contention That when England Are gearing up For the Six Nations And of course Especially when they're Gearing up for a World Cup That they want the players Because they need them In the training camp And we get that And at the same time There's that real Trying to find that balance That the club Want their internationals To be playing for them on any given day but no there's not like football where you have a definite break and the club game stops you go and play internationally and then and then you come back that doesn't happen so it's a balancing act for us
0: So as CEO and you've mentioned as well I think the new head coach and some of the mm. the players you haven't seen in your position as CEO Welford Road packed with fans yet you haven't had that experience in that role how excited in general and I think this is probably quite an easy question are you for that to return and for things to be back and, and the fans to be in the stadium?
2: Yeah I've always whether I was in the ticket office, whether I was dealing with partnerships or whatever role I've had, on a match day for me, it's all about just walking around the stadium, just being in the thick of it. It's such an amazing atmosphere. You know, the fans, our fans are so passionate about the club that you want to be a part of that. I mean, you know, you couldn't, couldn't you be a millionaire if you could bottle and sell that feeling, you know, but it's really special to be a part of. And the last thing you want to do is go and lock yourself away somewhere but to walk round the stadium do quite a lot of steps on a match day but walking round the stadium walking round the various stands and just talking to people is a huge buzz and really really miss it
1: Leicester Tigers and the Nottingham won a tag rugby programme which is for your junior fans yes. what advice would you give to any fans that are looking to get into rugby
2: I think you know tag's great because anybody can do it anywhere so any age any ability anywhere whether you're in a city school, you know, in a playground, whether it's a sports hall, whether it's a field, whether wherever the local park that you can do it, there is no tackling, there's no contact, so there's no danger. It's just engaging the wider community. It's keeping people fit. I think throughout this whole lockdown, one of the biggest things that's been made apparent to us by a lot of the work we do is the mental health as well as the physical health during lockdown. And to keep people physically active, engaged in some looking forward to something having fun with their friends with their peers with their colleagues it's just something that everybody can do and benefit from so I'd say to anyone give it a go it's a bit of fun and you know it's it's enjoyable and it's an easy way for you to start to get into the sport of rugby and, and understand all the laws of the game of which there are many it's a real easy thing for anyone to be involved in
0: great and let's take a moment to talk a little bit about you when you're outside of work what are some of your favorite things to do and how once again has lockdown had an impact on this and how have you got around that
2: me and my husband have a camper van and we're often Ooh. found in Cornwall whenever possible in our camper van and of course again we try to fit that in so when we go to away games it's like okay well where can we go and stay and you know just enjoy the great outdoors bit of walking bit of camping and that's been curtailed but you know I'm really fortunate because I still get to go to the games because mm. I'm in there in the in the testing bubble with the guys and, and part of the training ground facility. So I think, you know, my lockdown hasn't been as harsh as other people's because I still get, so I'm lucky enough to experience that.
1: One of my goals for this year is to save up to buy a VW camper, Do you know, one of the classic ones.
2: Yeah.
1: I love them. I would uh, take it to Glastonbury with me. And...
2: Yeah. They're fun, aren't they? So we, I mean, it's not a classic. We have a VW camper, so and it's... It's just fun. You know, you can just sort of say one morning, mm. oh, come on, let's pack up and, you know, and just disappear somewhere. So, yeah, I love it.
1: Is there anything that you're saving for in the year ahead?
2: If you want something exciting, I haven't got any of that, unfortunately, but this cold weather spell, we're off grid a little bit, so we've got an oil fired boiler, which is relatively old and decided not to work in the last couple of days. So, I would love to say I'm saving for a month-long amazing cruise around the Med or you know, some adventure, but it's probably a new boiler unfortunately. It's
0: never what you want. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and in terms of your saving habits generally, do you tend to splash out or are you more of a saver?
2: So I didn't have a saving habit at all. I didn't know. It was alien to me before I met my husband. And then he showed me that actually the enjoyment of looking online at these numbers growing in your bank account, that's what it's all about. And I was like, mm, surely can't we just spend it and enjoy things? And so I'm very much a spender he's very much a let's just have a look at our bank account numbers because isn't that great and so we find a balance between us somewhere in between
0: it sounds like there might be spreadsheets involved in there somewhere Ah,
2: uh-huh, not from me
0: okay. <laughs> i'm a spreadsheet nerd as well I, I, Are
2: you? yeah
1: keep
0: everything <laughs> logged down and
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and have any of those spending or saving habits changed during lockdown for either of you
2: yeah actually i think the roles have probably reversed a little bit you know certainly in the first lockdown where unfortunately his role was just he decided to go or we had decided he was going to go self-employed as of January last year and obviously then March happened and lockdown happened so spent quite a lot in the garden and on the garden during that first period of time which is where he spent most of his time whilst I was on Zoom calls back to back to back so yeah the spending probably the roles were reversed a little bit certainly during first lockdown.
1: And what about New Year's resolutions do you believe in them do you have any? I
2: think, yeah, you always make them, don't you? And then you break them probably sort of two days in. But certainly for me this year, as it is every year about getting fit and being healthy. But I think like a lot of people, our priority was to ensure the survival of the club during this period. And it was absolutely full on to the extreme. I don't think, you know, unless you're going through that yourself, it's really hard to visualise what that means and that you are, you know, on calls all day every day, all evening, all weekend, trying to do that. And at the same time, being in a position that when we all come out of this, you can't have just spent the last 18 months not doing anything to prepare your business. You know, you've got to come out of this sort of hit the ground running. So I think for me, it was about exercising, being healthy, eating healthy and planning and giving time to myself because that hadn't happened for quite a while. That was my
0: resolution. And you mentioned preparing for coming out of this. If we can go yeah. back to tigers, I mean, is there a lot to keep on top of in terms of when things return to a sort of normal it we know how difficult the process of moving away from things being normal and going into the lockdown yeah. when we go back how much is that change going to affect you and, and the whole team
2: we did an awful lot of work because you know like everybody you like we're in lockdown then we'd be coming out of it oh no we've gone back in lockdown are we back in the office no we're not back in the office and especially being Leicester based you know we seem to have been in lockdown since day dot but we we did a lot of work for the offices, certainly the training ground, because we had to and, and we'd be we're COVID audited as well by the RFU. So we had to do an awful lot of prep work to have the players in and our training facility operational. The offices at Mattioli Woods Welford Road have all been dealt with with regards to all our safety features for when people do come back in. It's COVID safe, it's social distance, etc. So et all those measures have been done. We've also done a lot of work that Should we be allowed restricted crowd numbers that we've done a lot of work with our season ticket holders as in bubbles and how many people we would be able to get in. We've worked through that with the safety advisory group and transport, public transport. So all of that is done and ready and raring to go. I think the biggest thing that we'd need to do is have a bit of a clean of the stadium because that's been put on hold (laughs) for a year.
1: (laughs) <laughs> and we spoke earlier that the Tigers have got off to a great start yeah what is the objectives for this season
2: so this season's really it is about rebuilding it's starting that rebuild it's starting to see the results coming through on the pitch but actually rather than just the results that the players very much know their game plan they know what they've got to do or their game model I should say each game then they have two or three elements that they are particularly focused on themselves and then they have a self-assessment period and then ultimately so an assessment with the coaches before we move on to the next game so it's ensuring that all those pieces are fully functional and that the self-assessment is robust so rather than just saying oh you know well we lost or you missed that or you gave a penalty away people are taking very much the responsibility and being accountable for their own actions and the impact on the team so it's very clear that we're building and those elements are put in place player recruitment has been a big thing for us a big focus for this year that we you know with a new head coach we have a very clear way that we want to play we have a very clear focus on the type of players that we want and we want to make sure that the players that we've currently got know that buy into that and then are physically able to adapt to that so we've been working on that as well.
1: Recruiting new players has that changed much with being in lockdown? I
2: think you know previously you would be able to go and observe players you would be able to go and meet players whether you were going to South Africa or to France or wherever and actually go and have that physical face-to-face meeting. You know, when you're looking to recruit anybody, you want them to really buy into what you're doing and where you're taking your business and your club in our respect. And you want them to be able to see how they're going to benefit from that as well and how they're going to progress their career by joining us. So again, that's all been done over video. And but Zoom's a great thing, isn't it? I mean, who knew, you know, who knew about it back in last March but I think that personal element is missing somewhat so it's been slightly more challenging our salary cap so in rugby we have a salary cap and that is being reduced so again players salaries negotiations that's all got to be a lot tighter and a lot more rigid than perhaps it was before so there's those challenges but you find a way through it you innovate don't you and actually you think you know what? that's pretty good we'll carry on doing that when we come out of our of lockdown, so there's certain things that you'll still take with you, and other things that you'll probably be glad to leave behind.
1: I'm a big football fan, but there's so many things that we could learn from rugby, just like salary caps and uh, yeah. fans integrating within the stadium. I think is great. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of respect there.
2: There is, and I think you know, like if you want to go and stand on the terrace next to the opposition fan and both have a pint of beer, that you know you should be able to to do that and behave accordingly and have a bit of you know lighthearted banter at each other's expense without it overspilling into to anything else you know I think it's just historical isn't it with what's happened in football not so much now but I know when I went I was invited to Liverpool Arsenal at the Emirates Stadium and I've not really been to many football matches and so of course and I was lucky enough to be in a box but then you know 10 minutes before kickoff the blinds all closed I'm like what you can't see anything what are you doing and they're like oh well if you've got drinks and that you have to close the blinds you can't be visible from the pitch or to the pitch and it was Was alien to me.
0: Now, Andrea, we put out a social post when we knew you were joining us on the Money Pot, and we have a few questions in from some fans, if that's all right with you. Yeah, sure. So, Timmy on Instagram has asked, Would you consider partnering with championship clubs player wise, have them linked?
2: Yes. Hi, Timmy. Thank you for that. We do. We have players that are on loan with championship clubs. We talk to quite a lot of championship clubs and have relationships with them. So, there's not an out and out. We only want to deal with you because there is you know what we want to do is any of our young players coming through or indeed any of their young players that may have an opportunity that we want to keep that as broad as we can rather than just look at one club and exclude all the others so we do we do have partnerships.
1: Another question from one of your fans, Louis, asked, how do you feel being the CEO of a sports team differs from being a CEO of a normal business?
2: Thanks, Louis, for that. I don't know is the honest answer because I've not been a CEO of a normal business. And all I can assure you is this is not normal. (laughs) sports is not is not normal, you know your highs are high and very public, and your lows are low and also very public you know you you live and die by what happens on a Saturday afternoon on the pitch you've still got to run your business and operate your business and grow your business irrespective of that almost but that's your Product, for want of a better word, and it's critical you get that right in order to grow. So I've got nothing to compare it to, but I wouldn't change it because, you know, I feel very privileged to be the CEO of Leicester Tigers. Very privileged indeed.
0: I'll finish off with a little cheeky one from Joe on Instagram, and you don't have to answer this as I'm sure you're not supposed to have favourites, but Joe has asked nonetheless, who is your favourite present Tigers player?
2: Oh, Joe from Instagram. That's a corker, isn't it? I think I will say that it's a bit like being a mum and you don't have favorite children
0: good answer perfect diplomatic answer
2: there
0: <laughs> okay so andrea thank you so much for joining us on the money pot
2: you're welcome thanks for asking me thank you
0: well that was a great chat with andrea wasn't it ross
1: yeah i love that and i'm not getting into sayings again like we did on the last episode but you learn something new every day <laughs> and i assumed that there was an international
0: break like there is in football but no well don't assume Ross and I won't finish that saying but there is a saying about assumptions that I won't get into but no there's, there's not yeah it's really interesting actually
1: because you obviously want the best players but then you're at risk of losing them to the six nations for weeks months which could definitely have an impact on your league position mm. and I've stuck to my new year's resolutions which is to get fit and I'm getting there so once we're allowed out again I might get my shorts on take a ball down to the Tigers stadium start throwing it about kicking it about hope to see a scout there and <laughs> <laughs> I could be the backup to then some of
0: the lads away on international duty. Right, yeah. Oh, sorry. Some of our lads are off on international duty. Is there anyone here who can play rugby? I, I don't know if we can see it. Oh, you there with the shorts on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It could work, you know. (laughs) (laughs) The dreams can come true,
1: Ross. Definitely, There's a few rules and laws that I need to learn, but I think, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Give it a
0: go. Got to be optimistic about these things.
1: But anyway, just like Andrea, I'm looking forward to the fans being allowed back into games
0: because I do really enjoy watching live sport. Yeah, absolutely. We're both looking forward to that.
1: And we'd like to thank Andrea again for joining us on today's episode. Yes,
0: and thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Money Pot. See you next time. find out more about anything we've discussed in this episode visit thenottingham.com slash podcast and if you enjoyed this episode be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is released you can rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends and if you have any topics that you'd like us to cover reach out to us on our facebook which is facebook.com forward slash thenottingham and our twitter which is at nottinghambs so until next time thank you for joining us and we'll see you on the next one